0: Uh, go with me to the book of Colossians chapter 1, and we want to continue with this that we've been on the last few Wednesdays, the character of Christ, and uh, we're grateful. We, uh, Pastor Michelle was in uh, Fort Worth today uh, filming with uh, Kelly Copeland on her program, and so we're excited about what the Lord's doing now. We're believing that uh, she will get on one of the standby flights home. Uh, they, her flight had mechanical difficulties and, uh, every other flight was full. And so if she don't catch a standby, the next flight is Friday. So, uh, but hallelujah. God's good to us. Thank you, Lord. There are places the Lord wants to take us that will require a cultivation of character. Um. Monday night prayer meetings have just been amazing, just glory-filled, and it's something that the Lord keeps talking to us about, is this cultivation of character. Uh, You know, character, as we've said before, character very often is just defined as, you know, someone not sinning. Or uh, a lack of character is defined as someone who is involved in sin. But character is the life of Christ that flows through you. Uh, everything that you see, uh, the majority of the problems that you see in America today, lack of character. No character. When you have people with no character, you're going to have the problems that we see. Amen. Uh Isn't it interesting? There's a little over 300 million people in America. And there's 545 people that run the government. And somehow 545 people have wrestled the power away from 311 million. Hallelujah. Right? Uh, A politician, if you lie to them, it's a felony. But they lie to us and call it politics. It's a lack of character. See, it's a lack of character. This is important. Because to change things, your character has to be stable. If if things are to change, our character has to be stable. If God is going to take us to those places... That he desires to take us to those levels of glory, that area of outpouring, then character has to be cultivated. Amen. There are attitudes of Satan's kingdom. We're going to look at some of those tonight. The key in war strategy is to know your enemy, know your enemy. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11, it says that we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. And that word devices, it means thoughts. It, it means perception. We're not ignorant of how his mind works. How did Jesus say his mind works? It's on stealing, killing, and destroying. Is that right? The, the enemy's ultimate goal in anybody's life is not just to hinder them, it's to destroy them. He doesn't just want to get into marriages and cause a problem. He wants to wreck them. He wants to destroy the marriage. He wants to destroy the walk with God. Right? And a large part of what is standing in his way of doing that is character. In uh, Colossians 1, verse 12, it says, giving thanks to the Father that has made us meet or qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. Boy, you should say that out loud. I'm delivered from the power of darkness. Say that one more time. I'm delivered from the power of darkness. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't that good news? I don't, there's none of the devil in me and none of me in him. I don't speak his language. I don't think his thoughts. I don't act the way he acts. Amen. Isn't that good news? And he says, and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So we were in the kingdom of darkness. Now we're in the kingdom of light. We're no longer in Satan's kingdom. Amen. The kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of heaven are opposites. Now, that obviously can sound elementary. But God's enemy, Satan, has perverted truth. He's perverted truth. I was watching something today, uh, just a a little snippet of a a news report, and uh, there was a a person, a gentleman in, I say gentleman, a man in Missouri that had been put to death uh, by a a lethal injection. And uh, he had killed a couple of uh, older couple uh, some years previous and uh, just merciless, just murdered them. And, uh, well... You know, the Bible says that if you shed the blood and you kill somebody, that your life is forfeit. That's what the truth says. Is that right? Well, so that's right. But there are people out with with signs, and they're interviewing one lady, and she said, Well, you know, it's not justice to take someone's life because they took someone's life. That's perverted truth. That's perverted truth. See, the enemy perverts truth. Here's perverted truth. Don't tell me what to do with my body. When we're talking about another human being's body inside that body. That's perverted truth. Abortion is not about the woman's body it's about the body of the child. Amen. Did, do you see that? That's perverted truth. Seeing people cry and weep because they think that Roe v. Wade might be overturned. Thank God if it is. Amen. I don't know how those things get leaked, but anyway, hallelujah. But, but here's, here's the point. Why would somebody weep that children are going to be saved perverted truth perverted truth do you realize what a slippery slope politics now i'm not preaching politics this has to do with character do you realize the democratic party of bill clinton would not recognize the democratic party of today yes they were pro abortion but what was their mantra? That, 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 that they wanted abortion to be legal, safe, and infrequent. Now, whether they really meant that or not, that's what they said. How would that fly in our woke generation? See, it's perverted truth. It's perverted truth. You know, you might be in a woman's body, but if you feel like a man, you're a man. It's perverted truth. This is, this is important because it's, it's where character is concerned. If, if you begin to believe perverted truth, amen, you'll miss those rules that God's put in place for the goodness of mankind. There, there are things that God has put in place. And I know a lot of times we don't like the word, you know, rules and, and things of that nature. But there are things that God has put in place for the goodness of mankind. The attitudes in operation of the, in the kingdom of Satan are in direct opposite, opposition to the attitudes Jesus taught us to live by. Direct opposition. In other words... The kingdom of heaven operates by, number one, submission to authority. It operates by submission to authority. It operates by obedience to the word of God. And it operates by humility. Submission to authority, obedience to the word of God, and humility. Hallelujah. The kingdom of Satan operates by an independent spirit. Number one. Number two, lawlessness. And number three, a spirit of resistance. A spirit of resistance. An independent spirit, lawlessness... And a spirit of resistance. Resistance is the attitude that says, I'll submit to Jesus, but not to a man. I'll submit to Jesus, but not to a minister. If God has placed his authority in a man, and you resist the authority of the man that God has authorized. Then you're resisting God. If you resist his delegated authority. Amen. If you resist the authority in the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. Then you're resisting the authority that God has put in place. Amen. It's like the lady that came to Pastor Caldwell. And she made the statement. She said, by whose authority did you start this church? And he said, "Uh, well, by Jesus' authority. And she said, no, I mean, by what man's authority? And he said, well, dear sister, Jesus is a man. She said, no, what man that's alive today? Right? Hallelujah. You know, I go back to 2013. In 2013, the whole year of 2013, pastor was teaching a series called Raising the Standard. Raising the Standard. And he, was, he would make statements He he used this illustration. He said, you know, there is divine healing, but a higher standard is divine health. Right? There's, There's getting blessed paycheck to paycheck, and then there's divine prosperity. There's struggling with your Christian walk, and then there's living above sin. That's the higher standard. Amen. Notice Romans 12. Romans chapter 12. There are places that God wants to take us that will require the cultivation of character. Hallelujah. Romans 12 verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable, that word is rational service. In other words, it, it's just, it's the least you can do is to present your bodies a living sacrifice to God, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your rational service. And notice, do not be conformed. That's not a suggestion, that's a command. Do not be conformed to this world. One translation says, do not be conformed any longer to this world. Amen. And, and the word conformed, the best way to describe conform is to be put in a mold or pushed into a mold. Amen. He says, don't do that any longer. Don't be conformed, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Oh, hallelujah. God only has one will. Now, I want to make this statement. If if you disagree with me, that's fine. But there's no such thing as the permissive will of God in Scripture. It doesn't exist. I've I've heard people say, well, you know, I'm in the permissive will of God. There's only one will of God. And and people that I respect and have honor for have have taught about the, the permissive will of God. Well, the permissive will of God is just being out of the will of God. You say, I disagree with that. That's fine. It's not the difference between heaven and hell. But understand something. These words, good, acceptable, and perfect, are adjectives describing the one will of God. The will of God, the one will of God, is good, acceptable, and perfect. It's a good will. It's an acceptable will. It's a perfect will. Amen. God God will allow and permit you to make any decision you want to make. But there's only one will of God. There's only one. Amen. Romans 13, verse 1, let every soul be subject to the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Wuss Bible says, let every soul put himself habitually in subjection to authorities who hold position over them. There is not an authority except that ordained by God. Hallelujah. So these verses refer refer to every form of government in the earth. Church government. National government, state government. Hallelujah. Now remember, the, the, the key to the kingdom of heaven operating is submission to authority, obedience to the word, and humility. The kingdom of Satan operates by an independent spirit, lawlessness. And a spirit of resistance. Hallelujah. You hear a lot about the spirit of Antichrist. There's a uh, definition of the spirit of Antichrist. And that's any rejection of or rebellion against any divinely established authority or representatives of that authority. Any rejection or of or rebellion against any divinely established authority or representative of that authority. Hallelujah. Now in the climate we're in, this is tough. Because we've got a lot of people in authority that don't want to do right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But think how bad it would be if you quit praying. Think how bad it would be if you started acting, right? Think about that. You know, we all talk about the fraud and everything that that many believe happened in the last election. What about the hundred million Christian people that didn't vote? Well, they probably weren't all Christians, but hundred million people didn't even go to the, didn't even go to the polls. Hallelujah. My, my point with this is is the spirit of antichrist is that rebellion against authority. It bothers me when I hear Christians say, "Well that's not my president, then whose president is he?" If he's not yours, are you American? If you're an American, he's your president. Well, he'll never be my president. That's rebellion. That's the spirit of Antichrist. The Bible doesn't say that you don't submit to the authority because the person's a fool. Is that right? That's not, that's not what the Bible the Bible doesn't say that. When Paul wrote that you should pray for kings and all that were in authority, these were guys that would put you to death. They would cut your head off. They would boil you in oil. And Paul said, pray for them. That you can lead a quiet and peaceable life. Notice what he never said protest. Demand change. Oh, he got quiet. How do we demand change? If my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If, if, if we're to see change in any area, it will require this attitude. Amen. Think about this. I'm stuck here for a a, a moment. Where did bad-mouthing come from? That didn't come from the kingdom of God. Is that right? That came from the kingdom of the world. That came from the kingdom of Satan. Our job, the Bible says, that we are to live peaceably with all men as much as lies in us. But if we're going to see a move of God, if we're going to see an outpouring of the Spirit, if we're going to see all these things He's promised us, because the glory door is open and the glory flow is flowing, it's going to require us to make adjustments on the inside and say, I'm not not going down that road of non-submission and rebellion and no character, I'm not doing that. Because there's too much at stake. There's too much at stake. Any cause can be derailed when there's a lack of submission to authority. Amen. The spirit of Antichrist is a desire for equality with God. Satan desired to be like God. That's what Isaiah chapter 14, verse 13 says. He said, I will be like the Most High. That's that's what I'm going to do. He was saying that, most scholars believe, from His throne on the earth. And He was saying, I will ascend up. I will ascend up to the mountain of God. I will ascend up to the throne of God. I'll exalt my throne above His. I will be like Him. Amen. Amen. I will be like him. That's the spirit of Antichrist is this desire to be like God, to place oneself in the position of God. Notice here in Acts chapter twelve. And uh verse twenty one. This of course is uh, when Herod had went uh, and made a speech to Tyre and Sidon. Verse 21, On a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne, made an oration to them. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him, Because he gave not God the glory and was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. Oh, glory. But the word of God grew and multiplied. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, people will say, well, what is that? Judgment. They said, this is the voice of God, not a man. And Herod didn't say, no, 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 that's not right. Hallelujah. Now, there's something I want you to see now. Understand this. Does it say the angel of the Lord? Think it does. So that's what God thinks about rebellion. Is that right? Why did Ananias and Sapphira die? Why? They lied. Who'd they lied to? Holy Ghost. Amen, you know there's, there's when people lie to you, they're not just lying to you, they're lying to the Holy Ghost in you. Amen. I had a situation not too long ago and and there was, there was something going on with somebody that I, that I know, and they they had texted me something and I, and, and I was I was trying to help them, and I texted my wife and I said... This is what's happening. Now, this is exactly what's happening. They're lying about it, but this is what's happening. Nobody told me. Right here, I knew it. And, and the very thing I said, my, my wife texted me the very next day, and she said, you could not have been more right She said, that's exactly what's going on. Listen, when, when you take it upon yourself, when a person takes it, you wouldn't do this. So I say when a person. When a person takes it upon themselves to lie to somebody that's in a spiritual position over them, they are risking everything because they're not lying to the person. They're lying to the Holy Ghost. They're lying to the Holy Ghost. Ananias and Sapphira did not have the character To do the right thing like everybody else was doing. Peter told them twice. They had an opportunity to repent twice. Did you sell the land for so much? They could have said, no, we didn't. We sold it for this amount, and this is what we want to give the church. Peter said it was yours. You could have done whatever you wanted to do with it. You didn't have to give any of it at all. But he looked at Ananias, and he said, you haven't lied to men. You've lied to God. And when Sapphira came in, he said, how is it that you you agreed together to tempt the Holy Ghost? How how is it that you decided that you would roll the dice and see if the Holy Ghost would tell me you're lying? Do you see this? Their problem was, there was this rebellion against the authority. Glory to God. And, and here's the thing, here's the thing, especially if you've got young people in your life and kids and people that are impressionable, they're, they're going to take the same attitudes and the same mindset that you take. Amen. It, it, it bothers me when I see people with, in their pictures with their kids with a shirt that says, let's go Brandon. You know what that means? You know what that's a euphemism for? Why would you ever have that on your body? You would never use the word that it represents. But yet people will, people will stand up in church and say that. Folks, that's rebellion against authority. Oh, glory. I think I can buy an amen. Look, look, look over here in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Maybe a few of them for sale. The spirit of Satan is the spirit of Antichrist. Hallelujah. Second Thessalonians chapter two verse three. Let no man deceive you by any means. That day will not come except there come a falling away first. That's the departure of the church. That we we talked about that. Uh, some weeks ago, the, the Woos Bible says, the aforementioned departure of the church to heaven. And that man of sin be revealed, notice, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. This is rejection of all authority and the setting of oneself as the authority. It's a desire to rule in authority over all others. That's the attitude of the spirit of Antichrist. I, I want to be in authority. And I want to rule over everybody else. Amen. This is so important. Because I don't ever want to get over into that. I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want ever want that to be part of my life. Now. There are six characteristics of the Antichrist spirit. Number one, pride in appearance, position, or ability. Pride in appearance, position, or ability. Now, the only time these things are wrong is when we're prideful about them. Note we said pride in, in appearance, position, or ability. Pride. Number two, ambitious spirit or a lust for power. Paul talked about that in one of the works of the flesh. Uh, 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 A party spirit, a dissension spirit. Ambition, ambitious spirit or lust for power. Number three. Concern for the temporal as opposed to the spiritual. In other words, more concerned about the temporal than the spiritual. More concerned about the temporal than the spiritual. I said that that one day, and the Lord said it to me different times before, but I remember the first time is I was, uh, I was actually going to church on a Sunday morning to the Kansas location, and and in the area where our home is there, uh, there's a lot of parks around and and, and uh, 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 a big park, Shawnee Mission Park there. And uh, in the mornings, people are running and biking. Well, this is Sunday morning, and I'm on my way to church. And I saw these people running, and I saw the, the ball fields right there getting full. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, there are, there are multiplied thousands of people That got up this morning and gave no thought for my plan for their life. He said they're just living their life like there is no eternity. Well, that stuck with me. More concern for the temporal as opposed to the spiritual. This life that we're living right now, my brother, sister, it's the shortest thing you're ever going to know. If you live to be 150 years old, that's like 10 minutes God time. Most of us in here, we got about five more minutes left. Amen. That's sobering. I know it is. They tell me every two seconds, every two seconds, somebody leaves this planet. So, uh, In this planet today, 155,000 people went into eternity. Hallelujah. Compare that with COVID numbers. 155,000 people today died of something. Hallelujah. Another one just went. Another one just went. Now, see, that sounds sobering, but it's reality. It's the Bible. That's why the Scripture says that what we do for Christ, we have to do it. We have to do it with all of our might, whatever our hand finds to do. We need to do it. He, Jesus said, you got to work while it's day, because the night's coming when no man can work. He said, the harvest Is plenteous, the harvest is great, the harvest is large, but the laborers are relatively few, and that word also means their intensity is small. So it's not only a smaller number, they have a smaller intensity. Character in the believer places a demand on their intensity to do what God's asked them to do. Amen. If I know God has asked me, now my character comes into play. Oh, glory. Number, what are we, number four? Characteristics of the Antichrist spirit. Disregard for all laws. Disregard for all laws. Where do you think defund the police came from? Antichrist spirit. Hallelujah. Let, let me ask something. And, and, and I know that most of you, you know, I, I don't know everybody's viewpoint, but I know most of your viewpoint. But here's the thing. If you defund the police, who are you going to call? When they come to take your stuff, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters? <laughs> something strange in a neighborhood. <laughs> Hallelujah. I never saw that movie. I know, I know. Don't go see it now. But that 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 that's the that's the reality of it. Disregard for all laws. Rebellion against any authority. Any authority. You know, I, I, was, I was raised, I, you know, I was born in, in what they call one of the most, you know, uh, generation of uproar. Yeah, I was born in the 60s. And, and, but here's the point. I, I remember being a, a boy, just a kid, young man, preteen, when I would go in the presence of grown men, my demeanor changed. And it wasn't rebellion. It was these are my elders. And I need to respect them. Hallelujah. Now, now it's like young men got something to prove. You see what I'm saying? A rebellion Against any authority. The Bible says the authority is there. To help us. Is everybody that's in authority right? No. Is everybody that's in authority there to help? No. That doesn't change our responsibility. Mm. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. Number six. A deceived spirit. A deceived Spirit, deceived spirit. You know, California, I don't know if they did or not. I didn't see. I haven't heard anything. They're trying to push a law through that says that a mother has the right to put that child to death up to seven weeks outside the womb. that's deception that's deception somebody's deceived well the Bible says what Jesus say about the devil said he was a murderer from the beginning well who's behind that antichrist spirit the devil amen (laughs) folks we have no time to waste I know that it's, this, this seems like this is something that, that I seem to be extra serious about. But we don't have any time to waste. There, there are people you know and I know. We got to get our house in order. There are things that have to straighten up. I'm not saying you. If, if it doesn't apply to you, then it's preventive medicine. But here's, here's the point. If my character is cultivated... There are places God can take me to make a change. Amen. There's places that God can take me to make a difference. In uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. This is a familiar verse, you'll remember it. But it's talking about Jesus and it says, Let this mind be in you that was in Christ. Being in the form of God, did not think it was robbery to be equal with God, made himself of no reputation, took on him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men, found in fashion as a man, humbled himself, and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. So Jesus didn't think it took away from his deity to become a man. Jesus was God, but Jesus humbled himself. Notice what it says. He humbled himself and became obedient. Is that right? Satan has never grasped humility. He's proud and full of himself. He thinks more highly of himself than he should. You see that? Look at Jesus humbled himself. Satan exalted himself. Jesus was exalted because he humbled himself. Satan was cast down because he exalted himself. Hallelujah. God created him as Lucifer, and he created him perfect. And he rebelled. He rebelled because he was able to rebel. Hallelujah. Everything God has created has a will. Everything. I've I've heard people say, well, you know, angels don't have choice. Yes, they do. They always have and they always will. Every angel that's serving God now is serving God because they want to. Hallelujah. Because if God made angels serve him, then he would have to ask them to forgive him for giving us grace. Now they're, they're serving him because they want. Everything God created has a will. A mind, a third of the angels left when Satan was kicked out of heaven. Amen. Amen. See, this is important. He rebelled because he was able to. You cultivate your character because you want to. Not because you have to. Not because God's making you. It's it's something that I choose to do. It's something that I choose to walk in. You know, I've I've got to get up every day and choose to walk in love. I've got to get up every day and choose to, to not be offended. I've got to get up every day and choose to pay no attention to a suffered wrong. But guess what? I can do it because I can choose to do it. But when I do that, what am I doing? Remember, we said that the kingdom of heaven operates by obedience to the word of God. So when I choose to walk in love, I'm submitting myself to the authority of the word of God. And I'm saying there's something in my life that has a higher authority than my feelings and my emotions. And it's called the word of God. Amen. Glory to God. Do you, do you see this? The the things that you see in ministries, the things that you see ministers falling and falling into sin. It's a lack of character. If 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 you check in most of those instances, there's no submission to authority, there's nobody that has the novo in their life. Hallelujah. Moving right along. The attitudes of Jesus. We read there was lowliness, no reputation. He made himself of no reputation. That's why he would tell people when he would heal them. Now see, nobody knows it. Because Isaiah said he wouldn't sound his trumpet in the In the street. That he would not make much of himself. There was that meekness. Pastor talked about meekness Sunday night. Meekness. Submission. Humility. And obedience. You see all those things. In the the attitudes of Jesus. The attitudes of Antichrist. Number one is pride, pride, lawlessness, that's the man of perdition, the man of lawlessness, no law, rebellion, glory. Conceit and selfishness. God highly exalted Jesus, but he brought Satan down to hell. Jesus is exalted because he humbled himself, and Satan exalted himself and was brought down. Hallelujah. Smith Wigglesworth said this. He said, If anyone goes anywhere to be seen or heard, they're going for the wrong reason. The Lord's been saying this to us, but as we get closer to the return of Christ, the anointing will increase in the church. The glory is increasing. I don't know if you know it, but our children are in the nursery speaking in tongues, praying in the Spirit. You, you understand? Things are, are changing in, in the dynamic. And it's just going to increase. Glory to God. In uh, 1 John 2, I don't get too preachy. We got about five minutes. 1 John 2. is this, Am I helping you? My wife says this is sheep food. I, I will tell you this. I have never in my life. And uh, I've been saved since I was 8 years old. Now I haven't lived perfect. And, and And spent some time living after the flesh. But here's what I want you to understand. I have never in my life. Wanted to be closer to God than right now. Never in my life, ever in my life have I wanted to see things the way he sees it, like I want to see it that way now. Hallelujah. There are things I just don't have time for no more. There are things you don't have time for. There are things that are not only a waste of time, they are things that they are things, they are things that that produce attitudes and mindsets that we as believers don't want anything to do with. Hallelujah. And you can't, you can't be concerned about what people think. You can't be concerned about what they're going to say. Well, why don't you watch that? And why don't you listen to that? You know, now you got to decide how you're going to respond. Well, I just don't like it and, and just walk off. But listen, if, if it's something that's going to compromise your character You can't put it in you. Amen. (laughs) Ha ha. 1 John 2, verse 18. Little children, it's the last time. And as you've heard, Antichrist shall come. Even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know it's the last time. They went out from us. They were not of us. If they'd been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not Of us. We have to continually guard our lives so the spirit of Antichrist does not control us. Now I'm I'm really going to get to meddling here, so thankfully I don't have much time left. But, But I used to caution parents. Now, now I haven't talked to any parents in here, okay? So But I used to caution parents. They'd tell me stories about how little Johnny or little Susie came home and was running the teacher down and and bad-mouthing the teacher and how the teacher was wrong and the teacher didn't like him and the teacher didn't this. And and then the parent would tell me, and I set up a meeting with them, and I went and let them know. Let them know what? On on the word of an 8-year-old. You went and jumped on the teacher. What they did was teach that child to rebel against authority. Are there bad teachers? Yes, there's bad teachers. But there's more good ones than bad ones. Hallelujah. Even in our public schools, all the teachers aren't bad. They're not all trying to teach the wrong thing. You got to be careful with that. Because that spirit of Antichrist is just looking to get control. Amen. And that's why you got kids hiding their TikTok from their whatever it is. I don't know what it is. I don't even have social media. TikTok and de-Facebook and all that other stuff. Hiding it. Amen. Because after all, it's my right. You're not going to invade my privacy. It's my phone. Who paid for that phone? That's my phone. In reality, that's my phone. <laughs> oh, glory. Let me move on. It's character. See, I, I got I to cultivate that character. I got to cultivate that character. Got to cultivate that character. Children will look at their parents today and just lie. Lie to them. Just lie. And think nothing of it. Rebel. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. You need to do this. I'm not doing it. And just stomp their foot and walk off. Say what? That's the spirit of Antichrist. I said, that's the spirit of Antichrist. That's that lawlessness. You're my parent, but don't, you're not going to tell me what to do. See, lawlessness always bleeds over into no honor. Do you see this? Always deal with bad attitudes in your life immediately as God reveals them to you. Always, immediately, deal with it immediately. When God shows it to you, deal with it. That's, listen, that's how you keep yourself from being embarrassed or rebuked. Amen. Hallelujah. You know something that that, that, that keeps me, and and the word of God keeps me on the straight and narrow, but you know something that that keeps me on the straight and narrow is knowing that if I fell into some kind of sin, I got to sit down across the table from my pastor and tell him. Somebody that trusts me, And even more, i got to sit down and tell my family. Because I'm not the kind of person that can just do something wrong and act like I didn't. I'm a horrible liar. All Christians should be horrible liars. Amen. Stay away. Refuse to allow strife or rebellion in your life. Don't allow it. Don't allow it. I've had parents, they have a two or three year old, and they'll say, here honey, uh, do this. And then the little one will go, no. And mom will go, oh, isn't that cute? No, it's not cute. It's the devil. It's rebellion. Well, they don't know what they're doing. They're practicing. It's not cute. I say, that's not cute. Oh, Pastor, you're, you're... You're just picking now. No, I'm telling you, that's how it gets in there. That's that's how it gets in there. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. Stay away from the spirit of Antichrist because it will become stronger as the coming of the Lord approaches. A very real aspect of the spirit of pride And the spirit of self-reliance, a very real aspect of the spirit of pride is the spirit of self-reliance. Jeremiah 17 says, the man that trusts in himself is cursed. Now, I'll finish up with this. There's five characteristics of trusting in yourself. A tendency towards materialism and the love of money. A tendency towards materialism and the love of money. I'm not talking about having material or money. I'm talking about being materialistic and loving money. That is a characteristic of trusting in yourself. My pastor helped me so much. Many years ago, I was uh, we didn't even live here. Uh, we would just drive up to record the program, and he w- we would go to lunch. And uh, he was my pastor then, but... But this would have been, well, it would have been 2013, 2012, 2013. And we were eating uh, in the, uh, the little Mexican restaurant just right up here across uh, 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 Shackleford, down there. And uh, we were talking about prosperity and uh, uh, being prosperous. And he talked about, he said, I have a friend that pastors in a very large city. And he said, he drives a Rolls Royce. He said, nobody notices. He said, but if I drove a Rolls Royce here in Little Rock, I'd hurt the message. And he made a statement to me that always stuck with me. He said, so if you drive the car but hurt the message, what have you gained? My pastor is not materialistic. He doesn't love money. That spoke to me. God wants you to have a nice car, drive a nice car. He doesn't care if you drive a luxury car. Amen. You should shout about that. But that's not the point. Number two, a lack of meaningful prayer life. A lack of a meaningful prayer life. The person that doesn't pray is basically saying, I don't need God's help. Our prayer lives have to have meaning. They have to be meaningful. Number three, having no desire to read or study God's word. No desire to read or study God's word. You know, I was dealing with a young man one time and he kept falling into sin. And he kept falling into sin and he kept falling into sin and he kept falling into into pornography. And he kept falling into flirting. He's married now. And he kept falling into flirting with other women and talking with other women on the phone. And, you know, I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, what is wrong with this guy? Is he just an idiot? I mean, is he, you know, is he just dumb? Do I need to take five good men and take him about five miles out in the country and deal with him for about five hours? I mean, what do we need to do? And, and the Lord began to tell me just to watch him. And I began to watch. There was no prayer life. He, he didn't come to things that involved prayer. Uh, he never brought his Bible and his notebook to church. I, and I never saw him with his Bible and his notebook. Saw his wife. Never saw him. Never did. And I'd watch him during church. Now, if you ever fall asleep in church, I'm not pointing fingers at you. No desire to read or study God's Word. Is it any wonder his life ended up in shipwreck? Because that's rebellion. Uh, An inability to develop meaningful relationships. My goodness. We need meaningful relationships. I look around this room and I don't just see members of my church. I see number one brothers and sisters. And number two, I see friends. That's important. That's important. Meaningful relationships. Number five, no real commitment to God or church. No real commitment to God or church. That's one of the characteristics of trusting in yourself. No real commitment to God or to church. Staying out of church is one of the first signs of a person beginning to trust in themselves. Hallelujah. I won't take the time to, you can write this down, Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. He said, he said, there are seven things that God hates. And he said that, that those seven, he went on and said, yeah, they're an abomination An abomination is anything that arouses strong disgust. It's a revolting thing. And he went through there and talked about most of the things that we've talked about. Hands that shed innocent blood. People that criticize. People that sow discord among the brethren. People that lie. Those are things God hates. I don't want anything. Close to me that God hates And people say hates a strong word But God used it God blesses the church And the people That choose to embrace The attitudes that Jesus lived by When he was in the earth Hallelujah That's important He blesses the church and the people that choose to embrace the attitudes that Jesus lived by when he was in the earth. That, that's the goal. Now, as I, as I close, I'll say this. You can, you can look at certain things as, a, as a, a bondage, but the Bible says in the book of Isaiah that it's the highway of freedom and rejoicing called the highway of holiness. Amen. There, there's something to be said for that. I say there's something to be said for that. You know, I know, I know people that make fun of the buns people used to wear and, 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 the, and the way we did things. And I'm not suggesting we go back to that. But what I'm trying to explain to you is in the beginning, that was a desire to live right before God. It was misguided. But it was a desire to live right before God. And somebody brought in, came in and made it legalistic. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you what. I'm determined. I'm going to live holier by accident than most people do on purpose. Because there's much to do. There's much to do for the kingdom of God. All of us have much to do. And and the Lord said something uh, two Mondays ago. He talked about that glory flow that was open. And the things that we were going to see. And he talked to us this past Monday about the outpouring, the move of God. We're going to see it. We're on the verge of it. In the word that he gave us, he said the water is ankle deep. And the glory, is, the glory door is open. The glory flow is flowing. You can see that. You can see that in our worship. You can see that. You, Sunday morning, when I looked up as the Holy Spirit was moving, that, that mist, that smoke, that glory, presence of God was just hanging in this building. Hallelujah. That's what we want. Not just the, not just the seeing the smoke. But the atmosphere, that's what we want. And there's nothing worth losing that for. Nothing.